in today's busy world, more and more people are suffering from burnout. I've been there. Hell, I was there for years. And you might be there right now. The good news that you need to hear is that burnout is not permanent. Join me and my client, Jamal Frewster, for a powerful discussion on burnout, trauma, and community. In this episode, you're going to learn exactly what it means to hold space, how you continue to relinquish your power when you expect other people to fix you, why we need to have more conversations that matter and what that actually means, why you need to stop doing things that are out of integrity with your soul, three indicators of burnout, and of course, how to make the shift from burnout to vitality. Now, other than being an incredible client and one of the leaders in the 2020 Thought Leader Collective, Jamal Frewster is a heart-led thought leader and proud hybrid human. He specializes in creating spaces that encourage healthcare professionals to live fully, embrace their vulnerability, and show up authentically. Also known as the hype man for healthcare professionals, Jamal is a life coach who is obsessed with helping doctors and nurses shift from burnout to vitality. He is also a world-traveling chiropractic student set to graduate in 2021 who has served in multiple organizations such as Kairos Training Culture, the Student American Black Chiropractic Association, the World Congress of Chiropractic Students, and he is also the current chapter president of the professional chiropractic fraternity Delta Sigma Chi. As the proud host of the Soul Coffee podcast, which by the way, you must subscribe to. It is so, so good. Jamal's intention is to deepen the quality of conversation across the world to cultivate the thought fitness of this generation. Make sure you stick around until the end of this episode for a really powerful journal, journaling prompt that's going to have you chasing the right dream and not other people's dreams, as well as Jamal's final thought, which is so, so powerful. Now, whether you're new to this podcast or you're a loyal thought leader, thank you. Please take a moment right now to download a few episodes and drop a rating and review on iTunes. Please, please, please help me get this message and this podcast out to more leaders around the globe. This episode is part of a very, very special series where I'm featuring the leaders in the 2020 Thought Leader Collective. If you are interested in learning more, about the Thought Leader Collective and how you can become one of the 10 leaders in the 2021 collective, head to rubyframon.com forward slash TLC and apply today. That link and more will be in the show notes. If you have any topic requests for the podcast, text me at 1781-336-0160. And of course, as always, if you just want to say hi or what's up, please reach out to me on social media. My favorite places to hang out are Instagram and Twitter, and my handle is at I am Ruby. Now, get ready, because it is time to learn how to shift from burnout to vitality with the one and only Jamal Frewster. Welcome to today's Thought Leader, where I'm challenging you to rise up, speak up, and create a movement. I'm your host, Ruby Fremont, and I'm here as a catalyst for you, the new generation of thought leaders. 
I'm a kick-ass life coach, a bullshit detector, and courageous communicator. I'll show you how to gain visibility, build a cult following, and create impact while increasing your income. Join me every week as I dive into raw and real conversations that will help you amplify your presence, influence, and impact. It's time to unapologetically do what you're here to do and do it your way. So get ready, thought leaders, and let's make shit happen. Hey, thought leaders, I am back with another episode that is part of a very, very special series where I'm featuring the leaders in the 2020 Thought Leader Collective. Today's guest, I feel like he doesn't need an introduction because he's just so fucking hype, Um, but let me introduce you to this man because he came into my life through the Thought Leader Collective and he is definitely someone who brings the energy, yet also knows how to really support the other leaders in the collective. He's someone that continues to show up for himself in such huge and tremendous ways. He's been working tirelessly and also profoundly on himself, as well as his business and his mission. And he's accomplished a lot in just the 10 months that we've been together. So I am super fucking excited to introduce to you the one, the only, Jamal Furster. <sighs> uh, I feel like go. I need like one of those like sound machines. <sighs> okay. Jamal, welcome to today's Thought Leader. Man, it is an honor and privilege to be here. Ruby, oh man, it's so wild to be here. And what's cool is that during our time together, during the time that we've been together in the Thought Leader Collective, you've also launched your own podcast. So Mm -hmm. for all of you listening, feel free to hit pause now and go subscribe to Soul Coffee. Mm. This podcast, Jamal's podcast, is definitely the coffee that your soul needs. So be sure to to subscribe to that. And today, I'm just like super excited, Jamal, to dive deep with you because I feel like we now, you know, we're like nine and a half months into our connection and we know each other on a deeper level. So I feel like we can go to deeper places today. And one of your gifts um, is you have the ability to take people really deep. And you do this in your podcast, but you also do this with your clients, whether they're on the table, the chiropractic table, or Mm -hmm. they're on Zoom with you in a life coaching session. You have this innate gift to take people really deep into places that they're not either they weren't willing to go to or didn't feel safe to go to. And I want to start there with that gift that you have for diving deep. Um, Because you call this having uh, conversations with meaning or having meaningful conversations, conversations that matter. That's what you say. Having conversations that matter. I was like, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Um, Having conversations that matter. And I want to know, like, is this something that you've, feel you've always been gifted with or is this a gift that you've developed Mm. i honestly feel it it was born out of a need for connection 
when I was younger in high school and middle school, it was rough. It was super, super rough. Didn't have a lot of people in my corner. Didn't really have a community. And I think it really started in undergrad when I got to CCSU because it was like new slate. I get to connect with people. And I really just started that ability to first connect that um that bridge of, you know, similarities, connection, just hearing people's story. Then when I got to my university, I read how to win friends and influence people. And that was what really started on the track to, okay, another layer, another depth. And then working with uh, Kairos Training Culture, then that just ensued, okay, there's this pattern, right? People are walking by each other and they don't really stop. And they're like, how are you? And you're like, how are you? And it's like, you guys never fucking stop to acknowledge each other truly. So it's like, what are we doing as a society? So mm. I love being able to break that pattern. And it's like, well, what are you grateful for? And people say, good. And then they're like, wait, what? Mm. So being able to play with uh, breaking people out of the pattern of just basic conversation is something that was, was became, became like a game. But working with Jessica, working with yourself, being in the vibration of the Thought Leadership Collective, it's been amazing to identify the origin of soul coffee where conversations that matter are what my soul like really really craves because Mm -hmm. it's like otherwise what the fuck are we doing just talking about the weather or how are you but don't ask those questions unless you're ready to hold space for that person for them to open on up to you right and i think that's you said it right there like to be able to hold the space for the answers that come and i think that's the thing right we've we live in this world where it's, let's be real, it's easier to walk by each other and not hold that time and space and energy for each other because we've got too much shit on our own plates and we're Mm -hmm. so preoccupied with our own shit that we don't want to see other people's shit. But in doing that, by not seeing other people, we're also not seeing ourselves. By not speaking to other people, we're not allowing ourselves to have those connection points, just like you were saying, you felt like you lacked. And I think, you know, nowadays we as a society lack this. I think everyone is feeling that lack of connection, the lack of depth, the lack of being seen. Um, And so that's why I think that this gift that you have is one that is really profound. And and, um, I love that it's come from just your own innate desire for connection, right? It's like, whatever it is that we want, we can go out and create it. (laughs) Yeah. So tell me more about how this desire for connection has led you into this new iteration of like your purpose and your mission and the way in which you're helping people. Man, some about going to school at Life University, I feel like at this time or in the pace of things, because it's a quarter system. And Mm -hmm. if y'all don't know what a quarter system is, that's essentially 10 weeks of instruction, one week of finals, maybe two weeks of finals with lab. And what that does is invites a certain kind of pace. Mm -hmm. And with that certain kind of pace, I feel like you're putting this jet stream of consciousness expansion if you want to jump in it. Kind of like the uh, Eastern Australian current for anyone mm-hmm. finding Neo people or Nemo people. Mm-hmm. It's like that, but for school and what I think is consciousness and healing in the space that was created for me in the communities that I have being a brother of the fraternity and training in KTC, there's this immense 
amount of safety and vulnerability that is exuded from all these people. And it's almost like a field or a grid is set. And in that field that was set for me, my first quarter and second quarter, when I first got there, I was able to remember and begin to process a lot of the emotional trauma that I had repressed for 13 years. And Mm -hmm. when that was first acknowledged in the silence, in the unspoken word, in the space created, I was able to walk into that new space and feel and experience and process this emotion, which then ended up freeing me into more understanding. And I honestly think I started living for the first time only at 24 Mm. um, in my second quarter uh, at Life University. And so I feel like I've only been alive for a few years, but I feel like a lot of people like you, like we've already started to dive into just aren't given that safety, that space, that connection. Cause it's like, man, if I only started to live at this amount of time, then what can I do? Or I would kind of just see, I would feel resonance in a lot of mm-hmm. people or, you know, going around school, looking in people's eyes at various times of the quarter midterms and finals in particular. And they're so, it's like no one's home. Mm. It's like walking zombies. Yeah sheeple if you will you know you put the amount of stress in this time you know uh where we're at as a society as a world there's like an added pace to things but then there's the heightened amount of stress so then people are operating from a subconscious level Mm -hmm. and reacting as you've seen on social media um with their families with difference opinion because i feel with the lack of connection we are we are in and where we can go as a society there is a there's a loss of an ability to have the questions that matter but then be able to just discuss openly without judgment without Mm -hmm. resentment without belittling without all of the the accompanying emotions um that can come with conversations with someone with a different opinion so it's like human beings are losing our ability to connect when mm. baby, that's why we were able to get as far as we were and evolve to the extent that we were. Cause we could look over and be like, Hey bro, there's a saber tooth tiger over there. I probably wouldn't go over there. <laughs> How are you? But now it's like, people are like, yeah, there's a saber tooth tiger over there. Go for it. But without even saying anything. Right. So it's like, what the fuck? So yeah. I want to break that societal pattern as massive as it is. But that's why, you know, community is everything. Yeah, and it's interesting because um, you you speak about community as being a space that where you were able to feel safe enough to feel into your own traumas mm. and show up in vulnerable ways, um, and these spaces were created for you. And then I guess my question then is, can people just create these spaces for themselves because it's not that let's get something super straight it's not that these spaces just appeared out of nowhere and came to you you made the conscious decision to become part of these spaces that you have become part of and so i just want to make this clear for our listeners we don't have to wait for these spaces to come to us. We can actually Amen. actively go out and pursue these spaces or create these spaces for ourselves. Absolutely. And I feel one thing that helped even me be, cause I didn't, I didn't even, I was like, if you asked me at the beginning of school, do you know what holding space is? I'd be like, 
the fuck is that? What is what does that mean? <laughs> what what is is my holding? Am I holding air? I did, what what does that mean? Right. So these spaces help give me an image of what it can look like to begin to hold space for myself to process things. Um, but absolutely, and I feel like it's imperative. You journal, or you go into breath work, or you make sure you move, or you have a good movement practice, yoga practice, whatever it may look like for you to slow down and get to know you a little bit more intimately. That's very mm. important. Mm-hmm. AKA the inner work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So making that conscious choice to do that inner work for ourselves and not just depend on others to create and hold spaces for us to do the work. My face kind of went like this. Y'all can't see my face, but I just kind of He's had making to a stink it. face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to scrunch because that's, I feel, where that's a microcosm of our healthcare system and where it's at right now as people have become so dependent upon them to be fixed, mm-hmm. them to have a medication given to them so that they can be, quote unquote, healed. And there's a relinquishment or a forsaken kind of token with giving someone or giving an external the power that you have within yourself Mm -hmm. and expecting someone to fix you and it's like one there ain't nothing to fix boo boo Mm -hmm. there is nothing you need to fix however there are things that can be acknowledged and then you can begin your process of integrating the unintegrated emotions, traumas, and experiences that are potentially being stored in your nervous system that are fracturing you, either keeping you in the past or projecting you into the future and making you anxious. And Mm -hmm. that's where we can bring you back home. And that's why I love whenever someone gets off the table, good conversation, whatever it may be, when there's a shift in someone's eyes Mm -hmm. and there's a softening and there's more light, it's like, Ah, yeah. Welcome home. Mm. Stay a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was that like for you when you were able to finally address, face, you know, your traumas, your wounds? How did that shift, uh, mm. one, who you're being, and two, what you're doing in the world? Mm. First being seeing on, on the adjustment table and being able to first like feel the emotions of anger, depression, sad, like a deep, deep, deep sadness to go there and to be able to cry. One in front of people as a black or, you know, Hispanic male, like that's something in itself, like a mask or a first barrier. So to be able to do that, to be able to be seen by people, by strangers, come up, give me a hug as I'm processing things and just for strangers to cry or just be around with each other was something really new. And it's something that, okay, here you go. It's something that I didn't give myself the permission to do because I had to be this sort of figure or maybe perhaps seen this way, ego. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'd say to an extent it was permission for myself to live freely and just be able to feel my emotions. And yo, when I get fucking excited, I snap, you know, like this, you know, mm-hmm. got to acknowledge what's being said. And then I'll bob my head and I'm like, yeah, or make a good nut. Mm, that's some good shit. Like, and a lot of people, when they're listening to speakers or whatever, they don't, they don't fucking emote. Like I like to a lot of people just don't emote. They're just like, they're, it's like their body is a casket for their emotions. Mm. And I'm like, fuck that shit. So when I was first seeing Ruby, it was like, 
like broke through the door it's like wow i feel like i'm living for the first time or giving Mm -hmm. myself permission and um i've been blessed to be in spaces where with words and without words in just my presence people have came up and hugged me or thanked me they said like without words you were able to give me permission to live more and it's Mm -hmm. like ooh, the first time i got that compliment was like oh shit, like I had no conscious awareness that I could even help someone do that, but we can all do that with with each other. And it's so important that, that we do so. Um, so life just opened on up. That's when I felt like uh, wrote, uh, started writing like goals and I never been told like how to write like, yeah, smart goals, mm-hmm. but not like writing a powerful, there's a smart goal, but then there's a powerful vision for oneself and mm-hmm. I saw a manifestation or like these dreams moving and grooving within weeks, within months, like of things that I thought I wouldn't be doing for years. Mm-hmm. And I totally attribute it to being able to walk more on purpose, to refine my purpose because receiving that first, you helped me at a very deep level, so to speak, and experience more of myself. That just made me feel all warm and mm. lit the fuck up inside. And it's like, okay, I think we're on to something for us. Mm, I love that. And and thank you for that reflection too. It's, you know, it, I think in the space of personal development, online entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship in general and leadership, everyone seems to be in such a rush to yes. achieve their external goals, right? Yes. To achieve their their money goals, to achieve their the accolades that they want to become known for X, Y, Z. Yet the thing that holds us back the most is always our own shit, right? It's like our own traumas and our own wounds and our own shadows. And this is why the inner work is so important. And I love how you describe that experience for yourself and what that was like, um, you know, how before the body felt like a casket for your emotions, that's fucking deep. Like that is deep. And I know there's some people listening that probably feel this way. Mm. You feeling like completely unleashed and being able to show your emotions and be fully expressed. Like how good does that feel? And then that expression is what bleeds into your role as a leader, right? Or your entrepreneurship or your ability to work with clients or lead your team or, you know, do the work that you do. This is what bleeds into that. And so if you're still holding on to your shit, if you haven't worked through your shit, then you're going to bring that to, for example, for you, to your chiropractic table. You're going to bring that to your clients. You're going to bring that into your business with business partners, with opportunities. And that's where I think so many people get it wrong. You know, it's why I do the work that I do because I think not enough emphasis is on the inner work. And so I love that you shared that and how that experience has been for you. Um, Especially because you've been talking about how it feels like our society is like zombies, right? Like everyone's just running on their subconscious autopilot shit. Right. And a big piece of that is the, um, their inability to see, or perhaps even the unwillingness to see their own shadows, their traumas and their wounds. Right. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and whether it's because they feel like they don't have the safe spaces to do so, or they don't have the support or they just don't want to, cause this shit is tough, whatever the reason, that's the reason that I think people are walking around like zombies and just doing and not being, and, um, you know, not being present in their lives. So yeah, thank you for sharing your experience with that. Thank you. And if I may, just cause something smacked me in the back of the head as you're talking, <laughs> It's like, as a westernized society, mm-hmm. we have severed our connection in nature. Mm-hmm. Fully layer agree. Deeper. Fuck yeah, layer deeper. We've severed our connection to our nature as mm-hmm. humans. So it's like layer nature, because we forget, one, we forget we are nature. We're like mm-hmm. plants, but with emotions and feelings and, and needs besides sunlight and water. Right. And I feel like a innate or like Maslow's referencing. Oh yeah. If y'all need any help, like navigating needs, start with Maslow's hierarchy of needs Mm -hmm. and the basis of it is physiological needs. But then right above is safety. And Mm -hmm. I feel that connection, like connection is just a universal, I'd even dare say put it in health or that bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy of needs because human or humanity's nature, human nature can help you meet water need, food need, mm-hmm. shelter need. So that way you don't have to find it on your own. And that's a phenomenon I've noticed in at least with working with chiropractors in particular, but nurses and doctors, yeah, it just manifests a little bit differently. But mm-hmm. in particular with burnout, a lot of chiropractors, and I imagine a lot of people, um, experience like an island phenomenon or a, mm. and that's coupled with like a superman i gotta do superwoman uh, i gotta do this all on my own kind of like deal it's like people want to effort by themselves so badly but it's like man if you opened on up if you expressed your emotions if you strive to build community and if you just efforted to do the do the deep work yes but allow yourself to be caught mm that can help create bridges to this island you've created to, uh, for yourself um, because you didn't ask for help because you've put a muzzle on mm-hmm. your own expression emotionally, yes, but what you even need and then reaching out to people that would be willing to at least hear you or do something for mm-hmm. you to support you, especially mm-hmm. if they're on a resonant path. Mm. Mm-hmm. So many things you said there. Um, first of all, like the connection to nature piece. Um, Cause as you know, Jamal, Jamal knows this, but I fucking love nature and it is, mm-hmm. she is always incorporated into mm. our streets and we like to walk barefoot out on the mm. ground. Mm. Mm. Yes. And go swimming in creeks and shit like that. But I digress. So our lack of connection to nature is also representative of our severed connection to our own nature and i love that you said that because it's so true especially in the world that we live in so digital everything's so online everyone's like in buildings on concrete floors like not connected and then walking by each other living subconsciously living on autopilot all the things right and all of which definitely and you mentioned this the word burnout i feel like all of this leads to burnout and i know that you specialize in working with doctors nurses um this includes 
you know, the chiropractic community who you're a part of. And what are some of the things that you have witnessed within our healthcare industry from our healthcare professionals in terms of their own battles mm. with burnout? Mm. It burnout is an interesting concept, Rube, and it can't, I feel like it's a universal, obviously kind of like experience phenomenon. What I've noticed working with clients that I have, one thing that is, is just they're emotionally exhausted. Like they are tired and I say emotionally exhausted as there is physical exhaustion and there's mental exhaustion. Emotional is its own kind of like scope of things mm -hmm. as emotions are energy and motion that courses through our body that can fuel us to move and act differently. Mm. People that may have been once inspired, motivated, hungry to go out and serve people um, however, however they need to. They just don't have that fuel in the tank anymore. Mm. Why? That can be, you know, I can dive into that in a bit, but I want to highlight and answer your question first. Mm -hmm. um, depersonalization. And that can manifest as uh, seeing people, not as people. Mm. Seeing people as money. Mm. You know, I got to get this paycheck. I got to pay my bills. I got to cover my overhead. I got to pay my student, student debt down. So there's a depersonalization in that nature. And the second part to that would be um, you just don't see, you just don't, you're just, you're just frustrated going to work or being around people or being around patients or your staff. So you, you're just tired of being around people. Or, uh, if you're in school and this is for my students, you're just tired of being around the people that you're going to class with. Mm -hmm. So you might have these feelings of agitation, disconnection, mm -hmm. severance. So it's just, you just want to go, you just want to go home and just go crawl in your hole, which is totally cool. But if that's the norm for an extended mm -hmm. amount of time, that can be another indicator for burnout. And the third kind of indicator you can kind of use um, is called, is just with personal achievements. So people that have a low, you know, kind of like, a, I'll say self-perception, of personal achievement like they don't feel like they're effective as a clinician they don't feel like they're getting results with their patients um they just don't feel like they're having like progress professionally well coupled with the first two if you feel like you're not doing shit mm -hmm. you don't want to be around people and uh you're just emotionally exhausted those can be three indicators that you are indeed burnt out to a crisp boo and we got to change that mm -hmm. um these are the indicators also of the gold standard. I just want to give this as a tool for mm -hmm. everybody of Maslock burnout inventory or the MBI for in specific healthcare professionals. Mm. And that was wonderful to be able to, you know, articulate these kind of burnout factors, right. if you will, um, and build a roadmap so that people can even have a word. Cause I feel like burnout is some people talk about, but like, Oh, someone's just tired, but nah, there is a complex and unique um, reasons that have caused you to get to where you're at. And it's not just like, oh, let me sleep more because someone can be manifesting as depressed, anxious, or even suicidal. Mm -hmm. That's more so for medical doctors being one of the highest professions for suicide rates due mm -hmm. to their schooling, due to the high demand that they have, mm -hmm. and due to the pressure of needing to be a provider mm 
mm-hmm. especially in this time now more so than ever where there is a very big stress and strain on our on our healthcare system. Mm, yeah, I love that you mentioned um, well, the indicators of burnout, but also that it's not just one thing that can lead to burnout. Because I think mm-hmm. it's easy for people to say, oh, well, sleep more or, or like, we'll move your body or we'll do this. It's, it's like if you, even if you get someone to sleep more, that doesn't really address some of the other things that are affecting them. Like how much pressure are they taking on? How much pressure is being put on them? On them? How much pressure are they putting on themselves to complete something be a certain way show up a certain way you know how much is on their plate how much do they have to deal with um you know what is their environment like like there's so many different factors that go into this and yeah the healthcare industry right now i mean it's 2020 the year i mean i don't even know what else to call it it's like it's the year it's 2020 yeah, yeah. And our is. healthcare professionals have been through the ringer, um, which is really interesting because these are the people that are taking care of us. Um, and yet so many of them are dealing with their own levels of burnout, which as someone who is also in a service-based industry, it can be tough to struggle with our own burnout because we feel like we need to perform for those that we're here to serve always, yes. which then just perpetuates the burnout, right? It just keeps it going. And I know, I know for a fact that we have people listening right now who are either experiencing this right now yes. or who have experienced this in the past or who yes. will be experiencing this very Oof. soon. So now that we understand what burnout is and what some of the indicators are and what contributes to it, what are some of the steps then for people to take once they recognize that they are in a burnout state other than work with you? Because that's like the obvious answer. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. That's a good, no, that's a, that's a great question. Um, Going through even just like my process of the alchemists trying, working to transmute, going from burnt out to vitality. Mm -hmm. The first step is awareness. You got to know where you're at. So I know I mentioned the MBI, Maslach Burnout Inventory, which is, I believe it's only $15 to take. Um, And like I said earlier, I believe I said, you know, if you message me, even if you just want to be able to take and analyze your results or be like, what the fuck does this even mean? Mm -hmm. Um, But you got to know where you're at. So beginning to do the deep work, first step after that is slow down. Mm. Fucking slow down, especially now. If you need to take days off of work, freaking coordinate with your um, with your uh, facilitator of schedules and be like, yo, I need to take some personal days or it's like, I need, I need this. I feel like one thing that we, we don't do as healthcare providers is analyze like who's providing for the provider mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah yes i am a resource and i imagine there's other life coaches and if not i'm gonna help fucking create like a whole system because there needs to be life coaches specifically for healthcare professionals mm-hmm. and i'll just say that shit and i'll say that shit to the day until people freaking get it mm-hmm. but providers need to provide this space for themselves first and foremost mm-hmm. so that can come with journaling that can come with Yes, recuperation is vitally important, but begin to think of the factors. Well, why am I here? Mm-hmm. Not like on this earth, but why am I at where I'm at emotionally? Mm-hmm. 
Why am I so tired? What am I doing this for? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what's contributing to my burnout? Like why, why am I here in this place feeling burnt out? Because answering that question is going to help you understand how you got there, which is going to help you prevent from getting there again. Right? Like we can, if we're not healing the source of the wound, Mm the wound will just continue to come back. We'll, we'll be doomed to repeat ourselves. Um, I want to, right. I want to go back to the alchemist triune because you started to dive into that, but you didn't quite finish. So tell us what this alchemist triune is. Got you. Uh, the first part, I mean, honestly, it's my favorite part. And I feel like it's the one, one can invest majority or more of their time to shift from a state. And that's one thing I want you to understand. Burnout isn't permanent. Mm -hmm. It is a temporary phenomenon that you're experiencing that if you recognize where you're at, how you're at, why you are at, then like what Ruby said, you can analyze the wound, analyze the source, understand the why that you got here, which is the cause. And once you understand that cause, you can take care of it and acknowledge it and then adapt. So after the typically first month of building the awareness of take a little triangle on a GPS for our, for our people that are listening, your mm-hmm. little triangle on a GPS to your, to your car or on your, on your Google maps or on Apple maps, color it, whatever color you want. That's the first, you're getting the location of where you're at. The mm-hmm. second part is action. Mm-hmm. So action involves a lot of working with where are we going? Mm-hmm. And then based off from the awareness, well, why are we going there? Mm. And that can be something as simple as like, oh, well, I want to get back to living a 10 out of 10 or being, you know, living a vital life or full of life, energized in the morning. You know, that's why people got to define that for themselves. Mm-hmm. So that's where we begin to see, well, diving into, well, what does a 10 out of 10 in your life look like? Mm. And be into that versus like, I'll be less burnt out when I'm here. Mm. Okay, so, so like, we've got awareness and then we've got action and then what's the third piece? Beautiful. So at this point, this is usually the third month of coaching, but you're shifting it and you're usually working through this cycle all at once too, but it's actualization. Mm. So you got your car or you got your your, your vehicle, your, your red, purple, blue triangle, whatever color it is. You got your location where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Now actualization is like, hopping into the driver's seat consciously and grabbing hold of the wheel so that way each and every single day you are embodying where you want to go and you're driving that vehicle to whatever 10 out of 10 looks like Mm, i love that um i'm like writing notes okay so like the alchemist triune i want to break this down and repeat what you all just said because it's really really good you all need to a little bit of this triune in your life. So the three parts of this triune, awareness, which is basically the question, why am I here? Why am I at the stage? Why am I dealing with this shit? The second piece is action. Well, where am I going? And then the third piece is actualization, which is embodying where you want to go. Yes. And this is how we shift from a state of burnout to vitality, Mm -hmm. which I think as a collective, I mean, even for us who, I mean, I'll be honest, like I lived in a stage of burnout for a majority of um, my work as a coach. 
up until I would say like 2018 when I started really addressing it. And we get so used to it. Like, like you said earlier on this episode, it becomes the norm. It becomes like your normal life. You're just so used to being in fight or flight. You're so used to being stressed out. You're so used to like coming home and just collapsing. You just become used to it and you don't then see what's wrong with it. But at some point, at some point you like wake up at some point you realize like, this is not how I want to live. And for those of you listening who are at that point, whether you're a healthcare professional or not, right? I feel like this really, really applies to anyone in like a service-based industry or job, right? Especially um, is like, when is enough going to be enough? Yes. You know, and if now is that time and you're like, enough is enough, great. Start applying what you've just heard about the Alchemist Triune. And if you need support with that, contact Jamal for sure. And the question that you asked, Jamal, I really love it. I wrote it down is what does a 10 out of 10 life look like for you? I think that's like a, how do you feel about telling our listeners to like actually go and journal on this? Man, do that shit right now. Why? Because you deserve it. Like, <laughs> I feel like it's so easy for, excuse me. No, I, no, I mean this. I feel like it's easy to get lost into society's, like, what success looks yes. like, what happiness looks yes. like, that whole fucking, like, yeah. you know, money or whatever, whatever the hell it yeah. is. But, but um, being able to construct what a 10 out of 10 looks like for you that I've heard and, you know, just got to cite the source from multiple of my mm-hmm. mentors, working with Joelle Brown, working with Dr. Suki Mukher, working with uh, Brett, working with people that are just moving shit in the mm-hmm. world. This allows you to define uniquely in a customized life plan to what that can look like. And I, when you're writing this, this 10 out of 10, don't just be like, I want to have X, Y, Z but add the why behind it right. but more so how does it make you feel mm-hmm. yeah how does and it if, make you feel and if That's you don't a- have a big ass smile on your face when you're writing this try a little bit harder <laughs> yeah i mean it's time for us to collectively stop going after each other's dreams and start going after our own but that starts with each and every single one of you identifying what that is. So mm-hmm. what does a 10 out of 10 life look like for you? Let that be the vision that you're chasing. You know, don't stop chasing other people's visions because that in itself, and I know this from experience, that in itself leads to burnout. When you're, vi- when you're chasing other people's visions, visions that aren't aligned for you or meant for you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yo, yo entiendo. Uh, it's like, one cause, and I think this is universal, why people burn out in the first place is because they are out of their soul's integrity. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. that can manifest as like, yeah, essentially, ooh, what does that mean? You're doing shit that your soul is just like, why the fuck are you doing this? We, I do not want, you are not here to be doing that, how you're doing it. So healthcare profession-wise, getting bodied by school is a very big stimulus that if you don't have the resilience for, if you don't have the awareness of that you're jumping through all these hoops and then when you make it through and you're in your internship or you're preceptoring or you're um, shadowing or you're in the next phase of things, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm still here 
exhausting myself 50, 60, 70, 80 hours studying, sometimes working because people got to get through work, of course, too. Mm -hmm. And then doing all this free labor, per se, um, it's tiring. Mm -hmm. And people don't feel they don't feel the end goal or Mm -hmm. they're just so attached to once I'm there, things will be better. But one of my mentors, Dr. Melody Black, she's like the same limiting patterns and thought patterns and the way you cope with things while you're in school just transitions and follows you to when you're a doctor. Mm -hmm. There's no magic fucking wand that when you get that paper, when you get that diploma, which a lot of people paper chase in school, not right. Not well, paper chase in life. (laughs) Right. Right. And, but it's like the diploma people are paper chasing. It's like, Mm -hmm. don't chase that chase yourself. Mm. That shit's going to come, but no one's going to sit here and tell you and hold space for you unless you ask for one or even know about it on the importance of doing the deep work because that's what can shift you and your practice and how you show up for your people because Mm. they can feel that. Mm. Yeah. It's visceral. It's like once you do the deep work, you embody it and that transforms the way in which you show up. It transforms your energy, your presence, how you work with people, everything. And I can say with full certainty that in the 10 months that you've been with Mm the thought leader collective um, as one of the leaders in the 2020 collective, you have shifted so much in such profound ways. And I'd love for you to just share a little bit about what has this experience specifically with the thought leader collective been like for you this year? Man, I feel one. I I received that. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Um, I feel like the thought leadership collective ripped off a ceiling for me of Mm. what's possible with business. Yes. But take my podcast, for example, that wasn't a fucking thought in January. Like I wasn't wasn't on the plate, wasn't at all. Um, And with the ripping off of the ceiling, quote unquote, like I just felt like my wings just got this gust of wind to be able to open in a way that I couldn't have fathomed and spread in a way I couldn't have fathomed to now where it's like so many things have opened up. Yes, I've manifested as a byproduct of doing the deep work, the weekly calls, which go by so fast of Mm -hmm. the hour and a half, the container that we co-create with each other. Like we just dive on in and, um, even like there's healing in the calls. There's permission granted in the calls. It's like, oh no, like I feel you, uh, insert name here. Like I'm going through that as well. Or it's like, oh, boom, drop in and the conversations as a lot of people I think don't get this quite yet, but one-on-one coaching is amazing, but I'm with you, Rube. Like the group setting in space is mm-hmm. where like massive, massive, massive transformations mm-hmm. can occur. Cause it's like when one recognizes something in self like we said earlier without words or without you know actions necessarily but just sees that it's like oh i can do that too or oh Mm -hmm. i feel that too then what ensues out after it i mean for me at least has been absolutely life-changing yeah thank you for sharing that there definitely is like a ripple effect right with people in a group and you feed off of each other and you feel each other and um especially in a group that is as consciously curated as Mm. a thought leader collective i just want to add that in because there's a lot of groups out there that aren't consciously curated and thought leader collective for me personally was like the remedy for that because 
I believe that these spaces are only as strong as the leaders in them. And so you and the other leaders and thought leader collective have contributed your energy and your presence to make it what it is, right? This isn't, this isn't all me. This is us. It's a collaborative um, environment. So thank you for your collaborations, for your presence, for the energy that you've devoted to this group. I really honestly have appreciated having you in the collective. It's been amazing. Yeah, it's been so good, (laughs) Ruby. It's been so good. Um, We are at the end of the episode, and this is where I like to give my guests an opportunity to share one final thought, the thought that you really want people to leave with. What is your final thought, Jamal? Man, it's okay to give yourself the permission to just feel all of what you're feeling. Like, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to not be doing everything that everyone else is doing. And just know that your life depends on it. And that know that you are the sun to your own respective solar system and that there are people that are dependent on your light to thrive. So if that way, if the sun were to go out, the rest of the fucking universe would die. So it's like you cultivate and you add your own fuel as the sun to the respective solar system so that way you can shine bright, authentically, vulnerably, so that way people can feel that viscerally and that way they can light up their own respective solar system. So don't ever sleep on the impact of one thought, action, belief can affect the lives of millions. Wow. Boom. Boom. Well, oh, you're doing great. <laughs> Don't forget it. You're doing hey, if anyone hey, if no one's told you today y'all, you're also doing great. Very important. <laughs> Yes, I love that. That so I have to share this. So at our Thought Leader Collective retreat, that was just something Jamal kept saying, like out of nowhere, in at the most perfect divine times, you're doing great. You're doing great. You know, uh, our chef dropped something in the kitchen. Don't worry, you're doing great. Someone starts crying. You're doing great. Someone starts laughing. You're doing great. And it's such an amazing thing to receive. So, yes. I echo that. You're doing great. Um, Jamal, thank you so much for sharing your presence and your energy and your wisdom with us on today's Thought Leader today. I deeply, deeply appreciate you. Appreciate you, sister. Thank you for being such a beautiful mirror and the conscious curator that you are. And for our listeners... Thank you so much for joining me and Jamal today on today's Thought Leader. Yes, thank you. Thank you for listening, for tuning in. And um, again, this episode is part of a special series where I'm featuring the leaders in the 2020 Thought Leader Collective. If you are interested in learning more about how you can become one of the 10 leaders in the 2021 collective, please head to rubyframon.com forward slash TLC. And if it feels aligned and right, then apply today. If you enjoyed this episode between me and Jamal, please share it with a friend, share it with someone who needs to hear it today. Spread the word and drop a rating and review on iTunes. And if you have any questions or insights that you want to share with me or Jamal, please hit us up on social media. Our handles will be in the show notes. I am Ruby on social and Jamal is at Jamal Brewster. All the links and more are going to be on the show notes. And 
I will see you back here next week for a brand new episode of Today's Thought Leader. Mm.